Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. How you doing? I'm always so good when we get to do these episodes. I know. And these were really great ones, which we will fully recap in a second. But I kind of just want to take a minute to talk about Courtney and Travis because it's not that we were doubting this. We spoke about it on Monday's episode, but her Instagram of them holding hands last night was kind of the most official confirmation we've received. And I think that I'm liking this. I think I am too. Also, a grid post versus the story seems so much more serious to me. So for me, it wasn't like confirmation of them dating. We got that from the story. It was like confirmation that they're actually serious. Yeah. I think also when she was posting in her story, it was clearly about him. She posted the Blink-182 stuff, the same fireplace, et cetera. But there's something different when it's actually the person because it's a very Kendall or Courtney thing to do to kind of post hints versus posting the actual person. So when she did that, I don't know what it was, but it did feel official. And I feel like everybody kind of has a mixed reaction. Like I recognize not everybody is here for it and that's totally fine. But I feel like for me, I think I'm on board. I think I am too. I think the people who are on board are the people that know that they were friends first. Yes, because if not, it does feel very random. And and there are still people that just can't see it and kind of can't get behind it. And I get maybe it's not the most obvious pairing necessarily, but I guess for me, I always think that it takes a lot for Courtney to like get to this place with someone. So that makes me feel like they've jumped through a lot of the initial hurdles. Well, that's the piece of information I want to know the most is like, how did this go from platonic friendship to what they are now? Me too, because that in itself is a very relatable concept. Like I would imagine the other aspects of their relationship, I'm sure are not necessarily relatable to your average person. However, everybody has been in a situation when there was a friend that they were you know, completely just friends with and then something shifted. And the process of shifting is just always interesting. It really is, especially here. 
I'll tell you one thing. It was a very bizarre experience watching particularly these episodes of Courtney and Chloe Take Miami when Scott is trying to win back Courtney while formatting this comment to post because the two happening simultaneously was a whirlwind of emotions. Because on one hand, obviously I'm happy for Courtney. I think Travis is a really good guy. He's always been, you know, seemed to be a really good guy. That being said, the Courtney and Scott of my heart was definitely active as well. Yeah, no, we're not letting go of the Courtney and Scott thing yet, right? No, we are absolutely not. I just, you know, I wonder, and I don't know how I want to phrase this because I know a lot of people, specifically, I guess, people that don't like the Kardashians think that they do things tit for tat with each other. And I don't feel that way. Like, I don't think that her posting this was a response to Scott and Amelia. I don't think that at all. I think that if that were the case, there would have been things much earlier on that she would have done. I just think it was Valentine's Day week and it makes sense, the timing. But like, I do wonder Scott's feeling to this because it's different than anyone else she's been with. Yeah, I have to wonder too. I don't think they go tit for tat with things either, but I do have to wonder honestly if Scott and Amelia is actually a reaction to Travis and Courtney. We don't know the timeline here. So for all we know, Courtney and Travis have kind of been doing this for much longer than we thought. And maybe Scott knew that Travis is going to be the most serious person that Courtney's been with because of their friendship, that maybe dating someone like Amelia is just a reaction to that. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that a lot with Scott that are, you know, are these relationships that he gets into partially aside from the fact that clearly we don't agree with them age-wise, but you know, is that because he knows deep down it's never going to actually go anywhere. So he's comfortable doing it because it's still like fills the void without kind of replacing Courtney. Again, I recognize that's like deep into the fantasy world, but I'm just being honest about my thought process. No, I I don't even think it's that deep. I think that dating someone younger, the way that Scott has kind of fills that need that he has for like a monogamous relationship or a serious relationship without it being overly serious because they're so young. Yeah, I definitely think that there's that there. I, I don't know. This is this whole thing is interesting. I, I like watching people's reactions because some people are like, yes, I've known this. I've always thought that when they were friends, I knew something was going to happen. And then some people are absolutely blindsided. And I feel like I fall somewhere in the middle. Not that I thought that this was brewing before it was known to the public, but I, I don't know. Like I just, I guess I just am happy for Courtney. And so if this is what's making her happy, then good for her. Yeah, me too. I feel the same way. Also, I just want to say it's funny because for us, between the two of them, clearly Travis Barker is very famous, but Courtney is like the one, you know, the one that we follow more closely. However, there's an entire large group of people that are diehard Blink-182 fans and it's like, oh, Travis Barker is dating Courtney, you know, not like Courtney is dating Travis. And I think that those people's reactions is probably a lot less favorable, but also very interesting to analyze. Yeah, totally. Okay. Shall we get into the episodes? I think we shall. These were good ones, you guys. So, so good. Yeah. So we're on Courtney and Chloe Take Miami, episodes four and five. And episode four, it's really, really good to watch. I highly recommend it. But when we were doing the outline and kind of just talking about it, I don't think that to go through this episode scene for scene would be that favorable for you guys. So we're going to save the heavy recap for the next episode. But let me just tell you kind of what happened here and we can talk about a few things because Julie, there were some scenes here that really brought me back. Oh yeah. I love this episode. I know we're not going scene by scene for it. Like it makes sense, but it's still such a good episode to watch. So 
kind of the main plot here is the fact that Courtney is really embracing single life. And we see how that plays out, which I'll get into in a second. And the other plot line here is that it's Gay Pride Week in Miami, and Chloe's working with this organization, Save Date. So this is the episode where she kind of hosts the drag queen Chloe Kardashian lookalike contest. But in terms of Courtney's kind of involvement in this episode, you know, she's really getting into single life and she has this night out. She goes a little wild. She's making out with some people. And a few nights later, Rob comes down with his best friend, JJ. Remember, this is JJ Corsini. He's been Rob's best friend for forever. So they kind of grew up with him. And Courtney said she always kind of felt that JJ had a crush on her. And they end up going home together that night. She wakes up in the morning in bed with him. She's in this little kind of like lacy lingerie outfit. And she walks into the living room and Chloe is shook. Chloe's like, you fucked JJ? Like that is like our brother. And you have to watch this episode to watch it go down and to watch JJ walk out of the room and his entire interaction. Who knows how much of this was real or not? I do think they probably, you know, had a little fun that night. I'm not saying they had sex, but like it's not the most outlandish thing. It was definitely dramatized for the show. But I loved this. It was the best. Also, it's so funny because JJ's sitting in the living room like he's getting ready to go and and Chloe's like in a bra and she's like covering herself in front of him. She's like, I feel like I have to cover myself now that you slept with my sister. And he's like, first of all, you showed me your boobs when we were in 10th grade, so you don't have to cover anything. And I was like, I love this dynamic so much. We always talk about the brother friend plot line, not with Kardashians, just in general. Yeah, just in our own lives. None of us have brothers. That's why. I know. I know. That's why I was loving this. And also, it's funny because if you Google JJ, one of the first things that comes up is a Daily Mail article from around the time of his wedding, which was a few years ago. And the title is this, Scott Disick attends the wedding of longtime Kardashian family friend who once spent the night with Courtney." <laughs> I love that headline. <laughs> it's just so funny. It was just such a good episode. And it got, you know, honestly, it did get a little bit deeper because it was Gay Pride Week and Chloe has the show. She brought on a lot of different opinions and a lot of different voices. And you see her really taking a stand against, you know, anti-LGBTQ commentators, especially this one guy, which I'm not even going to give him a platform by saying what he was talking about. It was absolutely disgusting. But you could definitely tell that she was an advocate of the community. And Miami is just a good time. I got to just tell you that much. A good fucking time. You know who was excellent also was Terrence when they were doing the episodes and they were having like the different people on and the people who were like anti-LGBT people. Terrence handled it so excellently. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't watch the episode and you're hearing us talk about that, don't be alarmed by that. And the reason she brought him on was kind of just to shut him down and to say on air how problematic and not okay his kind of viewpoints were. And so in this argument that Terrence is having with this guy, he had a perspective that Chloe couldn't bring. And she just shut the guy down. I mean, on air, she was like, you're the stupidest fucking person I've ever spoken to. Yeah, it was very validating to watch her shut him down. No, totally. Anything else you want to mention from this episode or should we really get into the main event, which is episode five? I'm ready to get into the main event, Em. So this episode is really kind of centered around Scott. The subplot here is the fact that one of the Dash employees, Erica, is kind of having issues with the other employees. We're not going to really dive into that because clearly it was just dramatized for the show and the Scott and Courtney one is just needs to really take precedent here. But the first scene, Courtney is out with Erica. And the reason we wanted to mention this scene is because Erica's a single mom and she kind of is talking to Courtney about how difficult it is and how even on her hardest days, having her son is the best thing that ever happened to her. And 
you see she's kind of asking Courtney about her thoughts on having a kid or getting pregnant. And Courtney's like, God forbid, you know, the idea of it, I think is terrifying her and just clearly shows how much it's not even on her radar, which the reason I mentioned this is because we see just a few episodes later, she is pregnant with Mason. So it kind of just goes to show how the Mason pregnancy was by no means planned. (laughs) Yeah. They really set this episode up to be like, Courtney's about to get pregnant. Right. And if you didn't know this, like obviously us watching it back, we clearly see the progression. But if you were watching this for the first time and you didn't know it was going to happen, if there was no previews, if there was no coming soon, you would have expected that Courtney was not going to have a kid for years to come. The only thing is is that they make it somewhat obvious that they're getting ready to introduce that because they're so focused randomly on like what Courtney would do if she ever had a kid. And Erica was the perfect kind of catalyst for that conversation. Right. Next scene, Courtney's at the pool and their friend Scott Storch, who has kind of been the side character in this series, I think this was his second or third appearance. I guess he's some big time producer, but I I can't help but get weird vibes. Yeah, I so agree. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a good guy. Clearly they're friends with him, but you if you watch the episode, you know exactly what I mean. It's every single guy that's exactly like this that just thinks that they are the smoothest talker in the room. He just seems like a typical Miami douchebag. Yeah. He totally could not be. But anyway, he comes in and they're kind of just talking. He also happens to be friends with Scott. And he is asking Courtney why she's single. And he kind of makes a comment saying, you know, I think subconsciously you're just waiting for Scott. And she says, keep dreaming. And I think that he kind of clearly, as we see later on, definitely had a mission in this because I think he's been talking to Scott. But this is a conversation that again, going back to the Travis and Courtney thing is relatable because how many times has the friend of an ex tried to kind of almost play their hand for them? Yeah, absolutely. And also Courtney is so funny in this, in this scene because she opens up about it and then ends the conversation with like, don't repeat this to Scott. Like, first of all, it's Scott's friend first, you know, he's going to repeat it. And second, you're only telling him because you want him to repeat it subconsciously. Yeah. It was also funny because Courtney is asking him if he's seen Scott And he says that, yeah, you know, he saw him a few weeks ago and he wasn't talking to any other girls that a lot of girls were trying to talk to him, but he wasn't reciprocating. And it is so funny because what I envisioned when I was watching that scene is Scott Disick having this conversation with Scott Storch being like, okay, listen, you're going to see Courtney. Here's what I want you to say. I know that that will really get to her like in in the perfect way. That's exactly what she wants to hear. Oh, that's really interesting because I kind of felt like Scott Storch took it on himself to say that because he just knew that any girl would want to hear that in the moment. Or that. Honestly, either way, it just – it was so intentional. And Courtney, you see like her entire body just like perk up. Like that is the best news she could have ever heard in her life. And again, how many women have been in that exact same situation? It's like, oh, he wasn't interested? Yeah, no, I I don't blame her at all. I, I think it is a completely relatable um, reaction, especially when the issue in your relationship was trust and the like idea or the thought that he was off with all these other girls and now you're not even together and he's still not doing that. He's still not off with other girls. It's like, oh, wow, he really like maybe I read the situation wrong. Yes. And the other thing about that is we've seen in this episode in the past few episodes that she's trying to embrace the single life. And it's not that she's having a hard time doing it, but there is always this underlying element where it doesn't seem fully authentic, where it kind of feels like she's doing it because she feels like that's what she should do to get over Scott. Kind of like the Chloe mentality of like, you can't get over someone unless you're under someone else. And so I wonder if hearing that maybe she had this moment of like, 
you know what? I don't have to force myself to like have these escapades if it's not what I really want to do. If me and Chloe were friends, I would have sat her down and made her watch this episode. <laughs> Same. I've been like, before you make this Tristan decision, I'm on your I'm on your page, I'm on your side, whatever makes you happy. But I feel like you need to watch yourself for like a quick minute before you before you jump back on board. Well, that's I mean, I'll tell you one thing. As two people that I think have been overall like supportive of whatever Chloe wants to do, clearly she knows what's best for her. It is very hard to still maintain that same vibe when watching these because the absolute polar opposite takes that she has from then to now, it's so striking. But it's always easier to have those takes with other people than yourself. Right. But but what I'm saying is that it's very normal for like a sibling or a friend to behave in the way that Chloe was this entire season of like, fuck it. I want you to get over that guy. Screw him. Let's go have fun. That's normal. Chloe took it to a whole other level. Like Chloe was the extreme. If there is a spectrum, Chloe was the extreme of like, this guy will not even step foot in your presence and you need to do everything to be not even remotely thinking of him. Yeah, it was it was an interesting take on on Chloe's part because it felt just completely illogical. You know the TikTok sound that's like, I love you. I love you, right? Shit is catchy. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel about like the I love you would be me really wanting to support Chloe and Tristan right now, but then like the shit is catchy watching Chloe and this like fuck men, fuck cheaters. Also, another one would be Chloe being like the I love you, I love you is like her own passwords and then shit is catchy is just like a picture of that they get of Tristan when he walks into his basketball games and he's like in his fits before the game and you're like shit is catchy. We should make those. Okay, fine. I'll do it. (laughs) Julie and I last week had this uh, idea that we kind of need to just resurge or not even resurge, kind of just surge our Comments by Celebs TikTok presence. We do. I feel very strongly about this. Yeah. Again, none of it like front-facing camera-wise, but we have a lot of funny ideas that I think we can make happen. Yeah. Let's do that after this. So next scene, Chloe and Courtney are at lunch and Courtney's phone rings and she has a missed call from Scott. And she says, you know, I haven't heard from him since after we broke up, after kind of our big talk. And in her confessional, Chloe says, it took so much for Courtney to finally break up with Scott and finally let him go. He's no good for her. I don't think they're good for each other. He calls again. Chloe tells her to ignore it. And Scott sends a text that says, long time no talk, call me. By the way, at this point, I'm like, oh my God, are you going to call him? I'm like, you have to call him. Also, you know what's funny is that the whole time they're like, he didn't leave a message. If it was urgent, he would have left a message and I'll call him back. Like he did kind of leave a message. It's not like he called twice and didn't say anything. He sent you a text saying to call him back. And it was so funny because I, as I was watching this episode, I saw a tweet or a meme that was like, Anybody who leaves a voicemail is a serial killer. And I was thinking about that versus then, because at the time in 2009, leaving a voicemail was far, far more accepted than now. Yeah. Voicemails are just like, they make no sense now because you can just send a text. The only voicemails I have on my phone are A, like when spam calls or B, my grandparents and I save all of those. Yeah, of course. Cardinal rule of having grandparents or honestly, even elderly parents just save every single voicemail. Yeah. So Courtney and her confessional is saying, you know, Scott's calling right after I was just having this conversation with Storch. He has to be up to something. And Courtney says, what do you think he wants? Chloe goes, maybe he got a girl pregnant and he wants to tell you before you find out. Maybe he has an STD that he might have given to you. And Courtney goes, Chloe, what if he's just calling to say hi? It doesn't mean he has an STD. What do you think I should do? And Courtney is kind of just making the decision of like, 
Should she call him? Should she not? And she ends on the fact that she's not going to call him back, which I don't know if she would have come to that conclusion if Chloe wasn't there basically breathing down her neck. Yeah, I don't think she would have. The thing that's interesting is I always get confused why Courtney's asking Chloe for advice in the moment because she knows that like what she wants to do is not what Chloe wants her to do. But I do think that that she's able to hold herself accountable because Chloe's like down her neck. Yeah. I mean, you have to wonder, honestly, and I recognize that a lot of what happened was kind of played up for the show, but I'm just not even talking about with this particular episode, just in general, with the earlier days of Courtney and Scott, I wonder if anything would have played out differently if Chloe's opinion wasn't what it was. I I do wonder that. Not in the long run, but I'm saying in the short term. Right. Me too. That is a good point. Well, just because Courtney really, really values Chloe's insight. Right. And understandably so. I think she also needs Chloe to be that like strong force for her because I think Courtney is really used to being that strong force for other people or strong force in terms of things that don't apply to Scott. But then I think when Scott's in the picture, like you can see it later on this episode, especially like she turns to mush when Scott is around her. Guys, I, I can't let's, let's get into that next part because I so badly want you to watch this. Oh God. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay. So Storch has a barbecue at his friend's house. By the way, he's become a main character. Yeah, Storch is now. It's Chloe, Courtney, and Storch take Miami. I know. It's hilarious. we got to see what he's up to these days. Anyway, so they're having this barbecue at this ridiculous you know, penthouse in Miami, and they're all hanging out. She's sitting with him, facing him, and all of a sudden, Scott walks in. This is the scene. I'm telling you, the second I saw this, it brought me right back. For anybody who didn't watch, Courtney's in this hot pink little kind of romper. She looks gorgeous. Scott walks in in this seafoam green button down. His hair is long. His eyes match his shirt perfectly. He's wearing this giant diamond chain. And you see him walk in and she hears his voice and turns around and my body went limp. Oh my God, Em, I just got chills. Right. I watched it last night. I have chills all over my body still. Okay. so. 
Courtney says, what are you doing here? And he goes, I would ask you the same. This is my friend's house. She says, Chloe and I live here now. And in her confessional, she says, Scott Storch totally set this up. I cannot believe Scott's here right now. I'm just trying to keep my composure. Uh, Hold on, hold on. We're going to get into this scene. I just like need to take a moment because say what you want about how staged it was him walking in. I firmly believe this was the first time that she was seeing him. Yes, I do too. Whether or not she knew he was going to be here is one thing. I have to almost imagine that a part of her had to know because how did she choose to just look the best she's ever looked the entire time? She looked gorgeous. I know. Okay. For this next part, we really need to just go line by line before we just get into it and obviously talk about it. So I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, but I think the way that we need to do this is a little bit of a Courtney Scott role play if you're okay with that. I'm okay with that, I think. (laughs) Julie's sweating. I can't see her, but I know Julie's sweating. I obviously am. Okay. Ready? Courtney Scott. I'm Courtney. So when did you get to Miami? When my plane landed. Good answer. You're so easy to speak with. I wish I could say the same. Can't call me back. And she's basically saying that, you know, he, she didn't know why he was calling. He didn't leave a message. I can't call my girlfriend. Your girlfriend? Don't you mean your ex-girlfriend? It's hard for me to consider you not my girlfriend anymore. Did you come here for me? I love you. You know that. <laughs> and Courtney starts laughing and Scott's asking her, like, what, is this funny? And she's like, no, it's just awkward. You still don't want to get back together? Courtney shakes her head no. Great. And scene. So in her confessional, Courtney says, Scott seems a little different. I definitely haven't seen the Scott in a long time and it's really sweet. And she says to him, let's go downstairs. We're being kind of antisocial. And he kind of like grabs her around the waist and asks if she'll at least have dinner with him. Courtney's like, I don't know. I just ate. But as she's saying it, it's very flirtatious. It's very much like the words I just ate wrapped in. There's nothing in the entire world that I want to do more than go to dinner with you and have sex with you. And I can't even believe that we're standing here talking and I'm so happy, right? Right. Like she was so lucky in that moment that she was just complaining about how full she was because otherwise I don't know what she would have been able to pull out as an excuse to say no. Exactly. And she says, you know, I have to think about it. And in her confessional, she's like, I'm warming up to the idea of having dinner with Scott. We were in each other's lives for so long. It's nice to catch up. I need, I have to just talk about the scene for a second before we get into anything else. Can we? I'd be happy to. You know, There are a lot of times when we see Courtney and Scott doing things that are romantic or even in other episodes, I believe when they were in Vegas, you know, you're seeing them in the hallway and they're making out and there's all these things that bring you back. But there is something very unique about this particular scene because it really was the first time they were seeing each other. And it was Courtney in a little bit of kind of a different light because she wasn't fully in it with him. So she wasn't being overly romantic yet. She also wasn't breaking up with him. So she wasn't being kind of like stoic. She was really battling between how much do I show how into this I am. And you could tell she couldn't hide it. It was everything I could have ever wanted to witness. Same. And what was so interesting about it also was it wasn't like she was trying to stop herself from showing how into it she was for his sake. It's not like she was trying to like put on an act for him. She was doing it for her own benefit. Like she was trying to block herself from admitting how into it she was. A thousand percent. I don't think, I really don't think that she had this kind of desire to be hard to get with him. I don't think that's what it was. I really think that she was convincing herself. Yeah, totally. I think so too. Also, I don't know, call me crazy. And some people may disagree with this and said that he should have given her her space, but there's something additionally like 
I don't know, romantic, if you want to use the word, theatrical about the fact that you knew that he flew down specifically with this reason. It's not like they happen to just both bump into each other at dinner at Cipriani. Right. Like he essentially came down for her. Also, I think it's nice and validating for her that even after six months of a breakup, he is still just as intern, wants her back just as badly as he did in the six months prior. Yeah. I mean, I don't care how mature you are, how emotionally mature you are. It's always going to be a good feeling when your ex is still into you. It just, it just is. You don't want the person to be miserable and not be able to go on, but you want them to see you and still get a little bit of that butterfly or a little bit of you know the fire inside of them. And he clearly had it raging and she clearly had it raging. And it was so satisfying to watch. I just love them together. I can't help it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, how do you want me to be so overly excited about her and Travis Barker, which I really genuinely am happy for her while watching this? Like, I'm telling you guys, I was watermarking that comment after Julie formatted it as I was watching this. I What a trip, right? What a trip. So next scene, we're back at Chloe's radio show, and she has this Dr. Lisa Paz on, who's a sex therapist. And Chloe's basically saying to her, you know, I have a question. My sister kind of just got out of a relationship, but she'll still constantly think about him and talk about him. I don't get why people hold on to the most negative relationships. And Dr. Lisa says, I think it's because they think that they could have changed or it's a sign, you know, if they love me enough, he'd come around. And she's saying that she sees it a lot of times where people have a deal breaker on the table, but they look at it and almost see it as a challenge, which that is a very relatable concept, especially for women in heterosexual relationships where we feel like we can change him, you know? Yeah. Um, And she says she's in the process of writing this book called 12 Steps to Getting Out of a Relationship that You're Addicted to. And Chloe's like, oh, I got to buy that book for Courtney. Get a second copy, Chloe. That's exactly what I was thinking. I wish Chloe still had a radio show. She would be so good at it. She should get, she should bring that back. She's really good at it. She's amazing. That's where she shines, especially in a radio show where she's allowed to have like less of a filter or no filter at all. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So next scene, Courtney meets Scott for dinner. Everybody take a deep breath because we're about to go on a ride. Like, I don't think you're ready. If you watched it, I guess you are. But if you didn't watch it, you're not ready. This is going to be the best car ride you've ever had. Okay. Or hike or whatever else anybody is doing. I love, there's nothing I love more than when people story like what they're doing while listening. Because it'll be everything from at the gym to like they're in the car and their kid happened to fall asleep or they're on a long drive or they're like at work. I love seeing where people are listening to the podcast. You like that? What was the one that we were cracking up about? I think it was the woman who her her kid finally fell asleep. No, it was somebody nodding along. Oh. <laughs> we were cracking up. 
Uh, if that was you, please tell us. I forget. I can't find it anymore. But this one woman posted one and she's nodding like as if she's in the conversation. It was the best thing ever because that's how we envision people listen because like we feel like you guys are right here. And she totally did that. It was so funny. Anyway, so next scene, they're at dinner. And in her confessional, she says, I decided to have dinner with Scott and part of me was asking why, but it really is because I want to be here. So they sit down. Scott says she looks divine. And he says, you know, he's really happy that she agreed to do this. And she says, yeah, I mean, it's better to be cordial than be enemies. He goes, I never wanted to fight with you like we did. They're kind of catching up. And she says, you know, I'm having so much fun in Miami since we've got here. And she says, I hooked up with a girl. He's kind of asking a bunch of questions about it. And she's like, you know what? I'm done talking about this. And he goes, regardless, I just want you to understand that nothing has ever made me as happy as you have. And in her confessional, Courtney says, it's touching to actually hear Scott being so honest. It's really good to know that he cares about me as much as he does. And obviously, we're, I'm sitting here like, yes, he does. He still does. And Scott's saying to Courtney, you know, I'm going to this concert after and I'd really love you to come. And she's like, I don't know. Is that too much? We just saw each other. Now we're having dinner. He's like, yeah, probably. She's like, fuck it. They go to dinner. They go to the concert, which for anybody who doesn't know, it's an LMFAO concert at Live. Where else would it be, by the way? Is that the most 2009 Miami sentence you've ever heard? Like, oh, we're at an LMFAO concert and live? Like that is, no, that sounds fake almost. It exceeded my expectations for the 2009 nostalgia that I was craving. Yeah. And in her confessional, Courtney says, Scott and I are at the LMFAO concert. We're dancing. We're having such a good time. And my feelings for him start coming back and it's getting a little intense. Okay, okay, wait. Then we see them just start making out. He grabs her face and they're like hardcore making out the flashing lights, the concert. I was having an out-of-body experience. I was too. Oh my God. And when they leave and they're like making out against the wall outside, no, 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 no. I can't handle it. I, I don't care how ridiculous we sound right now. This was the highlight of my week. Please watch this episode. You'll see what I mean, especially because Scott has his long hair. Like he really does look so much younger. You can tell that it's 2009 and when would they ever do PDA like this now? No. Oh my God. I like have chills on my whole body. I can't wait till Mason finds out he was conceived after an LMFAO concert. I know. And they go back to the hotel room and they're making out in the hallways of the hotel. No one's around. I mean, it's not like disrespectful. And you see, she closes the door and we know it went down in there, but like, I'm sorry. I Can I say honestly why this got me so excited? Yes. Obviously, on one hand, the large majority, probably 85% of me was excited because it's Courtney and Scott. And I love watching their rekindling. I love the earlier seasons. I love the pre-kid Courtney and Scott, all of that. That was the overwhelming. However, to be totally honest, the other 15% was probably the fact of like, I know that feeling. Like there is no better feeling than when you haven't seen someone because it's the right thing to do or you're broken up and then the feelings come rushing back and you find out that they're feeling the same way, if not more. It's it's magnetic. You can't escape each other. Yeah. It was also so great because neither of them had to pretend. Like you didn't have to go through this awkward thing where, I mean, you did with Courtney a little bit, but you didn't have to go through this awkward thing where they're both playing it cool. It was like once they both acknowledged it, it was like it, fireworks fireworks. That is the best way I can describe it. Oh my God. Um, I can't. I just want them back together so badly. I'll tell you, forget about Travis because I actually happen to like Travis Barker and I like their relationship and I, I like Amelia too. But talk about watching this, specifically having it take place in Miami. 
And then the next thing on your feed being a bleach blonde Scott on the beach in Miami with Amelia, it really brings you back down to reality. It's a very grounding experience. Yeah, it really is. As you're saying it, I'm like coming back down to earth. (laughs) I just worry – sorry, I know this is off topic. I just worry for Amelia to be honest. I know I said that, but I really mean it because like this is throwing her into so much public scrutiny in a way that I don't know. Does she need that right now? I I don't know. I I think you have to hope that she – I don't know. I really don't. I don't have an answer for you. The thing that does give me some sort of solace about the situation is that she's very close with her sister. She has great parents that are very supportive. So, and I don't think, you know, it's not like she can't trust her own decision making. I just do know that it's a heightened level of scrutiny when you're dating someone associated with the Kardashians. It just is by nature of just sole eyes on the situation. I guess the saving grace in terms of just that perspective is she is somebody who did want to be famous in her own right. It's not like she's somebody who was completely out of the public eye being thrown into it. That's true. That's true. An important distinction. So the next morning, Courtney gets back to her and Chloe's place. Chloe's sitting in the living room. Courtney walks in. She's like, do you like my outfit from the night before? And Chloe goes, I mean, are you just going to ignore the fact that you went to dinner with Scott and you're walking in at 9am? And they're kind of having this banter back and forth. And Courtney says, we went to dinner. Dinner was great. Like it was so good to see him. We talked. Chloe goes, obviously it was really good to see him because you just walked in. And Courtney says, I mean, I haven't seen him since we broke up. I thought I could control myself, but obviously I can't. And in her confessional, Chloe's like, oh my God, it's gross that Courtney quote boned Scott. It's gross that he did it too. He's just gross. And Courtney says, you know what? I ended up going with him to the room and now I don't know what to do with myself. And she's like, I raced out of his room. I didn't even put on my shoes. I just ran back home. I have so much to say. It's not even funny. Tell me, tell me. First of all, a Kourtney Kardashian walk of shame, like it could be its own movie. I It was so beautifully done. Her walking in, Chloe sitting in the living room waiting for her. Chloe so judgy in these beginning seasons is like beyond me. I'm like, can't you just let her? Like they were both in Miami. What did you think was going to happen? And her now like sitting here trying to contemplate what this all means is it's just, it's too good, Em. It's too good. Also, it's too good. You're so right. But also like as if Chloe hasn't been in a similar situation. I, I know this is not the point of it and I don't mean to harp on it, but I felt like at this point, after they finally slept together, Chloe would be opening up to it a little bit more, but she was still saying rock hard in her stance. No, Chloe was not switching up. She had to. Sleeping with him made her stance especially harder because at least if she wasn't, if Courtney was just talking about him or Courtney was just seeing him and having dinner, like we all knew where it was going to end up. Anybody with common sense did, but at least Chloe could kind of pretend that like Courtney was still, you know have some common sense to the situation or the sense that Chloe wanted her to have in the situation. Once they slept together, Chloe was like, okay, this is all out the window now. And it, it made it easier for Chloe to judge her for it. Yeah, I guess you're right in that, honestly. But again, Chloe, who self-proclaimed incredibly sexual person, really understands what it's like to want to just like rip somebody's clothes off and, and get into it. It was, I guess, understandable, yet simultaneously frustrating, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I don't know why Chloe was being like this. Like, I I guess she doesn't have the same perspective as us because I couldn't have been happier that they slept together. Also, the other thing is that when you're watching this alone, which both of us were doing, 
and obviously I'm texting you, but like we're not at the exact same minute of the episode. And the only other person I have watching what's going down with me is Chloe. So I'm like, I want you to match my energy right now. Yeah. Like, why are you killing my vibe? (laughs) That's how I feel. It was kind of like if you're watching a movie with somebody and they're like telling you exactly what happens. I'm like, I don't want that. I just want to revel in the excitement. Right. Oh my God. This was, it was just too good. I could have watched this episode a hundred more times and never gotten sick of it. When we have, and I say when, because I manifest that it will happen. I know right now we we really want to do it in person. So COVID is not, you know, it's not going to happen in the time of COVID, but when eventually we have Chloe on the show, I am bringing up this episode with her and I want to go back and relive it so badly. That's the only thing I want in the entire world, Em. Everyone group manifest. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Okay. Last scene, Courtney and Chloe are walking on the beach and they're kind of just reflecting. She's asking her how she's feeling about everything that happened with Scott. And Courtney's saying, you know, It just happened and the feelings came back when I saw him. And obviously I still love him. I don't know. I feel like I'm used to now being in this single mode. I don't want to be with anyone else. I just don't want to be with anyone. If we're meant to be, it'll happen. By the way, take a page out of our book. That's what we always say. (laughs) And in her confessional, Courtney says, one night doesn't change the way that I feel. I love Scott. I just know that this is not our time right now. Chloe says, so tell me, did you have a one night stand? Courtney goes, it was more like a three night stand, honey. Okay, Scott. I know. And Chloe goes, as long as you use protection, I'm cool. And Courtney doesn't respond. And in her confessional, Chloe says, I can't believe Courtney did not use a condom. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. I I am so thankful Courtney didn't use a condom. It's not even funny. We would not have had Mason. Her not using a condom was the best decision of her life. And I think she would say the same thing. Wow. I cannot believe that Mason gets an entire episode where he's conceived. I know. I'm sure it's his worst nightmare though. <laughs> I know. I just, I want to, I want him to watch it one day. Like, I don't know if that's cruel, but there's just something about me that like wants to sit down with Mason and make him watch this episode. 
or even just like the, the when she first saw him for the first time when he walked in. Like, could you imagine having not like the footage of your parents, but like the footage of your parents? No, it's the craziest thing ever. It's honestly, I just at this age, I'm sure he would be literally repulsed. But as he gets older, like when he's in his late 20s, there's something cool about that. Obviously, you're not going to watch them like have sex, obviously. But I'm saying like, there's something cool about watching them kind of rekindling and just seeing each other and seeing how excited they were to be in each other's presence. I think that that's really beautiful, honestly. I do too. I don't know. Maybe we're just hopeless romantics. I think we are, but only for them. (laughs) Yeah, only for them. Like there's really no one else I care about this much. Everyone else who breaks up, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll get over it. By far, this is hands down, far and above, definitely the breakup in all of Hollywood that has rocked me the most or that I care about the most for sure. Yeah, definitely. Jen and Brad is very close, but there's something about Courtney and Scott where I want them back together more. I would be a little bit fucked up if Mila and Ashton broke up. I don't think they would. But again, I don't feel so invested in their relationship that if they did break up, I would like spend my life pining for them to get back together the way I am with Courtney and Scott. No, of course not. But I'm just saying I would be really floored by that one and and sad for them. There's a lot I would be floored. I I, I mean, listen, if Justin and Haley broke up, I would need a couple of weeks off. There's a lot. I don't know. We could devote an entire episode to that. You know, Chrissy and John breaking up would rock things. That would be kind of close. Oh, that would rock me. That would really rock me. Yeah, that would not be positively received at all. No. I I can't see that ever happening, truly. Neither can I. But I don't know. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. I think we covered a good amount this episode. This is the best episode I've ever watched of this so far. I honestly think I need to go back and watch it again. I'm obviously going to. I watched it two times, both. (laughs) It's so good. Remember, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami, episode five. Definitely give it a watch if you can. Uh, just excellent. Anything else in the world that you want to say? No, anything else in the world that you want to say? No, I don't think so. I love you. Love you too. Okay, love you guys so much. And Isabel and I will see you on Friday for our Bravo episode. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Nada Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take yada yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.